Okay, there was a, a big uh, controversy that started brewing last week um, nice. in, uh, in relation to, uh, to Starbucks. The Chicago Rabbinical Council came out with a statement last week saying that although it's always been widely accepted in the Kashrus world that you can buy plain coffee anywhere, you can stop at a rest stop in the New Jersey Turnpike, go into a McDonald's and buy a coffee, and it's absolutely no problem, plain coffee is always assumed to be kosher, they, uh, they came out with a statement that they discovered after analyzing and the, the cleanup methods in Starbucks stores throughout the country that the standard daily cleanup at Starbucks includes a hot wash of all utensils, and some parts of that wash, washing are done without soap meaning that they wash what the, the CRC claims the brew baskets in which they brew the coffee and the metal cups where they steam the lattes together with all the kalim that are mamish tray, with kalim that are, uh, that are not kosher. And some of those washings don't have soap in them, which is going to be a more serious kashrus problem. And therefore they said, you may no longer buy plain coffee or latte, even though all the ingredients are kosher, at a Starbucks. is a major psaac, caused a, uh, a big uproar in, uh, you know, certainly in the five towns and I'm sure many other places throughout the country. So the question is, is there any room to be made over here? What exactly is the issue? So a lot of the issue really boils down to Mitzia's questions. And uh, the, what, what's described sometimes by some of the people in the kashrus industry was not exactly what he described to me. So what I want to try to do is go through the process and explain where the problems come in and what the various coolers are, uh, are at each step of the process. Before I begin, though, just to make it very clear, there are plenty of things, even drinks, in Starbucks that are pashut, not kosher. Meaning, I'm not talking about that they're washed with things that are just not kosher. They don't have hashkacha, and the OU gives hashkacha to those Starbucks products that are kosher. They don't give hashkacha to those Starbucks products that are not kosher. So, for instance, Frappuccinos in Starbucks. I think the packaged ones are kosher, but the frappuccinos that you buy in Starbucks are not under any hashkacha whatsoever. They are not kosher. If a person goes into Starbucks and buys a frappuccino, that is buying a non-kosher item. So the, uh, for another example, similar to frappuccinos, the ham and cheese sandwiches that they sell in Starbucks in the breakfast menu that you can get a hot ham and cheese sandwich, those are not kosher. The, uh, the, the pastries are not kosher. Those are simply products that are not Kosher. I'm talking about now, and what the CRC was the, the big uh, the big excitement with what the CRC said was that those items that are kosher are no longer kosher. Meaning, coffee, plain coffee that you can get anywhere, is uh, is a problem because of the way that it is washed. Now, why do we assume throughout? Why does everyone assume you could o- that you're always allowed to buy plain coffee anywhere? And why do people continue to assume that you stop at a McDonald's, you can pick up a coffee. You stop at a Dunkin' Donuts, it's not under Ashkach, and it's no problem. You can pick up a plain coffee, and it's not a problem at all. The reason they make that assumption is because coffee is made in a self-contained machine that doesn't get washed with anything else. Normally, the only part of the coffee machine that needs to get washed is the brew basket, which is the plastic thing where you put the filter inside and the grinds go inside the filter. I don't know how many of you ever made coffee, but the way they normally would clean a brew basket is they take out the filter, throw it in the garbage, and then quickly rinse it under some cold water. It's not something that requires a great deal of washing, so it's not something that you have to really worry about. And that's the way in any gas station, any rest stop, that's the way they clean the coffee machine. That's why you don't have to worry about kashras of coffee. Um, 
So let's go through what the issues are. Starbucks serves, if you go on the Starbucks website, as I did, you will discover that Starbucks has on their breakfast menu hot breakfast sandwiches that includes ham and cheese sandwiches, bacon and cheese, all sorts of delicious um, non-kosher, clearly non-kosher sandwiches. The way they heat up those sandwiches, according to a Talmud of mine who worked in the Starbucks, is not in a <coughs> microwave where you may have uh, a tzad l'kula in a microwave that it's not really a clear reshown and it's not really uh, the time isn't really, doesn't really go into the kalim, it's not really clearishon because the, the microwave doesn't work with heat. There's no heat in the actual chamber. It's just the food that becomes hot through the magic of a microwave. But the, uh, the way they heat it up is by putting it into a, a, a little oven. It's like a toaster oven that actually has heat. So it probably has din of a clearishon. They remove the bacon with tongs, with metal tongs. They remove it from the... Um, from, from the oven. So those metal tongs that they're removing the bacon with, which itself is a davar gush, is a, is a solid food, and as long as it's hot, would still have a din of a clear rishon that could transfer tam, could transfer non-kosher taste into kalim that come in contact with it, is then put on a plate. And that plate, obviously, is going to be not kosher. Those tongs are going to be not kosher. The contention of the CRC is that they then take those tongs and they take that plate, still ben yomo, when it hasn't been 24 hours since last time it's used, because they wash it several times a day, probably, but at least once a day. And they then put that in to get in the same dishwasher, together with the metal uh, latte steaming cups, and together with the brew baskets from the coffee machines, and they run it through a wash. Now, Rav Shechter told me that he spoke to someone from the CRC last week, and the, um, and the person told him that the way that the machines work, that they discovered that the dishwashers work in the Starbucks, and this is not, they don't have the same dishwasher in every Starbucks, but in many of them, the way it works is that it does a single rinse with soap and hot water that's about 130 degrees, Yad but not quite Malarisicha, not hot enough to kosher something, let's say, but Yad Soledisbo, significant heat. And then the second rinse that the dishwasher does is with 170 degree boiling water and no soap. So the contention of the CRC is that that combination of factors is going to trafe up the, the, all the kalim that are in the dishwasher. Why? What's the tzad? What, what, what's going on over here? So let me just try to explain it um, as, as, as quickly and simply as I can. When you take a dirty trafe dish, you have two problems with your dirty trafe dish. Number one, there's actual mamashos of of, of bacon and melted cheese on the plate that's on the dish, and if that mamashos hits your brew basket or your metal uh, latte steamer, it's going to then you're then going to run the risk of that being milsin tam into your uh, into your brew basket or your latte steamer, and it's going to trafe it up, right? The other problem that you have with your dirty trafe dish is not just the trafe, the, the tarfus that's on it, that's 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 uh, the, the mamashos, but that which is in it, the tam that's caught inside of it. So let's take one issue at a time. The stuff that's on it, when it goes through that first rinse cycle, the first cycle has soap. Soap has a tremendous value in kashras. What soap is able to do is it's pogame of food. It makes a food that was previously edible, inedible. And any food that's inedible does not present a kashras problem. says It doesn't create a kashras problem if it is not edible for human consumption. So that little pieces of bacon and cheese that's on the that's on the plate immediately hits soap in the first cycle. If it then hits your latte steamer or your brew basket, it's no problem. Because it's already 
it's already the tam is already pogum. The tam is already considered to be a bad tam. So therefore, it's not going to cause a problem. On that level, lechora, there's plenty of room to be making. Where the real problem comes in is not the actual mamashas, but ironically, the tam that's trapped in the plates is the real problem. Why? Because on the first cycle, it's 130 degrees, some of the tam probably comes out of the plate, and whatever tam comes out of the plate probably becomes nifgam by the soap and is therefore not going to affect anything else. Great. On the second rinse cycle, what's going to happen? It gets even hotter. And it gets to the point where it's able to kosher things out. So it's able to draw out from those metal tongs all of the treif tam is now coming out in the second rinse cycle. Problem is, at that point, there's no soap. And therefore, that boiling hot water, which is now full of tam, of, of, of bacon and cheese hits your brew basket and your latte steamer, and it trafes them up. That's the problem. So Rav Shechter suggested the following. There is a halach in Shulchan Aruch in Simen Tzadihei in Yerodeya Sif Dalid, where the Shulchan Aruch says, sounds like he says, that if you have a trafe kli, and then you apply hot soap to the trafe kli, that kli can't trafe anything up anymore. Because what the Shulchan Aruch sounds like he says, is that soap in the heat, soap penetrates into the kli, finds all the tam that's inside of the kli, and is poking the tam that's absorbed in the kli. It ruins the tam that's absorbed in the kli, and therefore that tam is never going to cause any damage anymore. That's, that's what Shulchan Aruch sounds like he says. All the Akronim disagree with the Shulchan Aruch. Shach, the Tan said, what are you talking about? They have arrived from the Raman, from the Zayin, from Taisvist, they have arrived all over the place, and the Shulchan Aruch is wrong. Chazanish says, no, you know what the Shulchan Aruch means? Not stam, that any time you apply hot soap to a Kli, that the, the trephus in the Kli is going to become kosher. That, that's ridiculous, then you wouldn't need Hachshar Kalim ever. Because the, instead of kashering in Kli, just wash it in hot soap, and then you're good. No, what the Shulchan Aruch is saying is, normally to kasher a kli, what do you need to do? You take a fork that's treif, you dip it in boiling hot water that has 60 times the volume of the, of the tarfus in the kli, right? And then the, the tarfus comes out into the water, becomes batel in the shishim, in the 60 times the water, and therefore can no longer go back into the kli and affect anything. And that's how you kasher things. Says the Chazanish, what the Shulchan Aruch means to say is, let's say you don't have 60 times the volume. If you have soap in the mixture, and you soak the kli in boiling hot soap, what's going to happen? The tarfus is going to come out, and then it's going to immediately become pagum, because there's soap in the mixture. So it's, it doesn't need to become bottled because it's pogum anyway. And then it can't go back into the kli to ruin the kli. And that way, that's the way it would work. According to the Chazanish, go back to our dishwasher in Starbucks. First time you had soap at 130 degrees, that was not enough to kasher out the kli. According to the Chazanish, that did nothing. Second time you have 170 degrees, great. Problem is, you have 170 degrees, but there's no soap. So that time is going to go straight into the other kalim. So Shachta pointed out, the Pashat reading of the Shulchan Aruch, you shouldn't have a problem over here. Chazanish, you do have a problem. So Shachta said, to man from every balabas that they have to be makbid for the Chazanish, he thinks is a little much. So a yeshiva bachra should be, it's a, it's a good thing, good chumra. You, people spoke about, maybe we should talk about what are good chumras and bad chumras. Rabbi Kamenetsky spoke about it a little bit. A good chumra for a yeshiva bachra to take upon himself to be choshish for that Chazanish. But to be makbid, man from every balabas that they have to be makbid for that Chazanish, he thought that was a little much. You could hold like the Pasha Pashat and the Shulchan Aruch. But there are more tzadim lakula. Another tzad lakula. What happens? You then, you put that brew basket in the coffee machine. And you make coffee in the coffee machine. So how does the coffee get made? So the water boils up. 
it then goes in, 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 a, in like a basin, it then goes through a tube where it's dropped into the coffee grinds, and then goes through that brew basket. There is a halacha called klirishon, klisheni, iri klirishon, iri klisheni, not only in Hilchah Shabbos, but in Hilchah Kashros as well. The assumption is in halacha, in Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, that in, the first day in Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah, that the only way that tam transfers from, in, in Kashros, that, that bad tam could transfer from one thing to another is if it happens in a klirishon or iri klirishon. But if it happens in a klisheni or iroi klisheni, then it's not intense enough heat for time to transfer. So the pouring onto the brew basket is iroi klisheni, according to the OU. Why? Because it gets heated up in a basin, that's the klirishon, then goes through a tube, klisheni, then drops into the brew basket, iroi klisheni. Iroi klisheni, even if the brew basket is chazer treif, is not going to affect the, uh, the, the coffee. Another tzad l'kula, even if there is some chazer treif in the uh, in the brew basket, it's probably so minimal by the time it went through all those steps that it's batel in the coffee, and it's not a problem of when they happen to brew tons of coffee and then you go in later and buy a coffee from them. There's no kavana to be mevatel. He's certainly not being mevatel bishvilo. So there's not, no problem in that situation. These kulas are not 100% glot because the kula of the Iri you could argue the Chayyadam writes that if, this, that, if, that if the liquid is so hot that it's Yad Nechves then even the Iri Klisheni you could transfer time. And coffee, as we know, on the cover of every uh, coffee thing that you buy, it says contents may be very hot because uh, a few years ago, several years ago, someone sued McDonald's that she spilled coffee all over herself and what do you know, she got burnt. And it didn't say anywhere that the coffee was going to be so hot, it could burn her. And she made millions of dollars. Some, some woman sued McDonald's, some brilliant woman sued McDonald's, and she made, So now they have, legally, they have to put coffee may be hot. It may be so hot that it could actually burn you. So Yad Nechvizbo may even transfer time in a, uh, in a, in a, in a in Klisheni. So it, it turns out that here, what, are, what are our kulas? First of all, we have the soap in the dishwasher that may be, may be pogam, at least according to the Pashup Shad and Shulchanak. Second, oh, I should have mentioned before that, when my Talmud, I asked him how they used to wash the brew baskets, he said they didn't wash the brew baskets in the dishwasher. They would just rinse it under a sink like any other store would rinse the brew baskets. He said the latte steamers, that they would put in the dishwasher. But they would never, they would never put the brew baskets in the dishwasher. So the CRC claims, but a lot of times they do. So A, you have a suffix whether they're ever putting the brew baskets in the dishwasher in the first place. My bet is not. Second, even if they are putting it in the dishwasher, you have the Pasha reading of the Shulchan Aruch where the soap serves as a pole game and it's going to be able to, uh, to ruin all the time that's in the Kli anyway, so it's not going to be a Kachish problem. Third, you have Iri Klisheni. Fourth, you have Bittel. So to buy a regular coffee, I think there's still plenty of room to be makele to buy a regular coffee. A latte is not as Pasha because the latte gets steamed in a, uh, you know, in those metal steamers, uh, th- which is a klirishon itself. They're actually making it in the klirishon. You don't have the iri klisheni hetter. Plus, it's always put in the dishwasher, so you don't have that hetter anymore. So you're running into a lot more trouble with, uh, with a latte. I'm not convinced yet that you're allowed to buy a latte. I mean, again, you have the chazanish uh, versus the shulchanach, the pasha reading the shulchanach. That would help for a latte as well. But again, the CRC pointed out that this is only in full-service Starbucks stores that actually make hot sandwiches. But a kiosk-type store, like, a, you know, sometimes they have these tiny little uh, uh, setups in an airport or something like that, so then there would be no problem because there are no... 
uh, real trade utensils that are being washed in a uh, in a dishwasher. So bekitzer, those items that are mamish trade in the Starbucks are still mamish trade. You shouldn't buy those items that are kosher. So then there's what to talk about in terms of the full service Starbucks stores. It is Rav Shachter's contention uh, that that for Balabatim at least, and it is my contention. I think um, you know for, for anybody that you could buy plain coffee in a Starbucks store like you can anywhere else in the world. The lattes I'm not as convinced about yet. I still need to do a little bit more research. The CRC promises us a an article in the upcoming Journal of Halacha and Contemporary Society on this topic where hopefully more metzias will come clear. But it's important to not just rely on a kashra's guy told me in terms of the metzias. Speak to your local barista and find out what the metzias is in the uh, in the local Starbucks because uh, the metzias is very, very important over here. Okay, that was way more than 10 minutes. But...